Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. So you were happy. still, I had to overlap as you were still doing your... I had some vocal... Girls? Sorry, our cats are just like, you'd think we should shut the door. We should have shut the door, but... I'll shut the door. They're just wrestling. It's okay. They're, they're not really fighting. Yeah, they're just, they, the, they get so wild with each other. It's great though, because the... the uh, the little cat, Olive, has helped keep the big cat, Amelia, a lot more active, which has been great because Amelia was kind of a slug who wouldn't let us touch her. Now she's an active cat who we can't touch. <laughs> so that's been But the other cat touches her. So. Yeah, the other cat's now all she, up in your business. Now she's got interaction. She wants to be with you so bad, she'll get in the shower. She hates it, but she'll do it if this is what we're this doing. Is, this is the truth. She's ride or die. She'll sit on your lap while you're on the toilet. She's, yeah, but our kids do that, so that's not as cute. Um, Sydney, what are we? Uh, what are we uh, talking about today? Oh, Justin, there's yes. there's so much in the news these days about. Okay, we have frequent guests on the show, and by guests, I don't mean actual guests because yes. I know what you're thinking. We don't have. We almost never have guests. Very rarely do we. Justin have. Justin McElroy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Laura. And Mary Roach. Mary Roach. Yeah. That's it, right? Charlie. Was Lynn on an episode? He's on an episode still buffering. Yeah, Charlie. Riley. Riley. Took over from Okay, so we've had a few through the years. We've had a few, but not when I say guests, I mean like people that pop up in our episodes frequently. Mm. And like usually you're thinking of Plenty. Plenty's not in this one, except now I've put him in it, I guess. Yeah. Plenty the Elder, who is like update the wiki. He's a friend. <laughs> He's a friend, I he's think, friend. of the show. He's he a friend who makes... You ever have that friend that you love but makes bad choices? That's that's Plenty. You're like, oh, Plenty, not again. Um, another, I would not say friend of the show, but frequent uh, frequent mentioned character is frequent, Draws. Frequent mentioned character, Draws. <laughs> is Draws, or Dr. Oz, but we like to call him Draws here. Yeah. Um, and draws is just all over the news these days. Oh man, have you guys seen? <laughs> you guys seen this? Draws is up in the mix. I don't know. If, we're being facetious, of course. I don't know if you're aware, but he's running for Senate. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kidding. <laughs> Honey, do you want to? Can I reveal a true story to you? Mm-hmm. Um, I I I did not. Uh, my brain would not comprehend it. The first, mm-hmm. like, three or four times, I just, like, bounced off it. Like, I must be misinterpreting what's happening here. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Draws is really running for Senate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, That's no, he wild. is. He is. Um, and the thing is, like, 
I and we and we have talked about little bits and pieces of draws on the show before because we've been talking about like pseudoscience or debunking so in all these pieces of draws <laughs> debunking something and we will include Dr. Oz because he was part of the pseudoscientific yeah. like advocacy community. Yeah. Um and so that that is why he has popped up on the show not not because of his politics because I really this is not an episode about whether or not he's qualified to run for office. Right. Um, I don't know. I am running for office. I don't know what qualified to run for office means anymore. I'm not 100% clear. When Fair. you look, when you look, and this is not a recent thing. As I, was, as I was thinking through this, like, well, if you look in recent years, there are a lot of people who hold office and have held office mm-hmm. who I would not have thought were qualified Right. To hold office. But I think if you like go through all of American history, I think you could call out a lot of stinkers. <laughs> who That is the greatest summation of the American experiment <laughs> that I have ever heard in my entire life. And I bet any democratic nation would have the same thing where they're like, Well, we voted for that person and that was woof. We had some stinkers on that one. That Sorry was a mistake. That. So I don't know what qual. I don't know what we as a like as a whole, as a society, as a species, as a people, as a nation, as a any whatever kind of subset yeah. of humanity you want to call out. I don't know what we consider qualified to run for office. Yes. Um. So I want to talk about the medicine okay. or not medicine. Yes. That draws has promoted through the years. That's my focus here. Okay. Okay. Um, whether or not you decide that makes him qualified to run for office, that's up to you. This is just about the, and what he practices on TV is what we usually call popular medicine now. Oh. Which isn't like. This is, so you do unpopular medicine. Draws does <laughs> popular medicine. No, no, I, this is the same thing. I mean, and, and that's why I want it like, I am also, this is, this show talks, I mean, this is popular medicine as well. Now I would say that, we very clearly, and I think I've said this many, well, we have a whole disclaimer. I am very clearly hoping to give you a little bit of information about history or current pseudoscientific things. Something that I think may be interesting. If it's beneficial, that's great. Mm-hmm. But our primary goal is to entertain you. Yes. It's a comedy podcast. Yeah. We hope that you'll laugh or, you know, tell your friends because, like, it was enjoyable or it'll make your drive to or from wherever you're driving. Yeah. You know, whatever. I, I think the the issue is that a lot of what draws does is is really in the realm of medical advice. Mm. And popular medicine skews over into that where it's not as much. I mean, I think he's definitely trying to entertain you, but he's also trying to like empower you to change your life, mm-hmm. which is a very different goal. Yes, that is that is more activist. Is activist medicine? Is that is that no? It's more um, active. Yeah, active and and I'm not gonna again. I am not gonna sit here and say that I never. I have never told you to like. I don't know. Get your flu vaccine because yeah. I have. Feel good about that still though. Um. Yeah. No, I still feel good about that. But let's okay. First of all, credential wise, Oz is legit when it comes to credentials. There have been a lot of like TV, and I'm using like air quotes doctors who are not always. Like, maybe they are a doctor, you know, but not of the thing they're talking about, you know? You know that show, The Doctors? Maybe half of them are doctors. Well, it's I think wild. No, I think they are doctors. Uh, well, There's just, I think— Dr. I, Phil? <laughs> he's a doctor. It's he's a, a brain doctor, I think. I don't know. 
I don't know what kind of doctor Dr. Phil is, but it's, well, it's important that like, the thing is there are lots of different kinds of doctors and it's important that the, you, you do the kind of doctoring that the degree you got makes you able to do. Uh, Oz went to Harvard. He went to the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. He was a cardiothoracic surgeon and a professor at Columbia. I say was, I mean, I guess he still technically is. It's just that I, as far as I know, he doesn't see patients anymore. Yeah. So not where that he isn't he, capable. Where would he find the time? Right. Well, he's really busy. Um, busy. He is. I, I was trying to figure out his relationship with Columbia currently because it seems like as of this year, Columbia has sort of like ghosted Oz. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't find a lot of mention anymore of like his connection to Columbia. I think he technically is still like a professor emeritus or a special lecturer or something affiliated with Columbia, but I don't know that Columbia is thrilled about that these days. <laughs> um, and that's just a, like as of May. That's very recent. Because um, as you know, he's now really busy running for Senate. He started out on the Oprah Winfrey show back in the early 2000s. He made a ton of appearances. That was sort of when she dubbed him America's doctor. Ah, of course. I love you, Oprah, but this was a no, questionable this choice. This We've all made questionable choices. Yeah, this was definitely not your, not the not the finest moment. Um, in two thousand nine, he got his own show, the Doctor Oz show. Great name. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and like and he had other. There was another show that predated that, like a second opinion with Doctor Oz, and um, he would pop up on like I think he popped up on the Doctors from time to time. The show, the Doctors. There were there were documentaries sort of made about him, like Doctor Oz, the surgeon, and like. Hit stories of his life and career. So, like, he's been on TV a lot. A lot. Um, in addition to his own show. And I think his show just ended, right? Didn't it just go off the air I recently? Know. I don't know. Probably in conjunction with the... I would say this. Uh, I, do a, I do podcasts, and I'm running for office. And you can imagine that there are moments where you have to consider where those two things intersect. I imagine doing a television show and trying to run for Senate... There are lots of moments where you, those two would intersect. So I have to think that that was like a cam a strategic decision, or he got canceled. I have no idea. Um, yeah, he uh, yeah he canceled it. Like in uh, he announced the cancellation at about the same time as he started running for office. So, so yeah, so I would I would imagine strategic or to focus time, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he he would so he he's giving medical advice on his show. Um, he would also serve on Trump's Presidential Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. And because he was on a presidential council, then he could do lots of TV appearances on like Fox News. Um, and throughout the pandemic, he was a frequent flyer on Fox News to give his own brand of advice vis-a-vis -vis managing COVID. Yes. <laughs> um, which you can, which as you could guess was fraught. Um, so he has a huge platform to give advice. He has a huge platform. Huge platform. Um, and and again, I I am not. He is working in a realm that I am also a part of. I'm in a different facet of it. So I, I want to be really careful because I think it's fair to acknowledge that the line you have to walk to promote um, evidence based medicine and science and and try to be a voice for that. Because mm -hmm. as I've talked about openly on the show, I realized we had a platform to do that at some point, And I felt like it was my responsibility to say things out loud, like 
vaccines are safe and effective. You know, I, I feel like that there there is a, there, there, you do have a responsibility to do that. Um, but you're also, in my case, our goal was to entertain people. In his case, he's on TV and he's trying to sell sell those ad slots. So you have this other goal. He's also, let's be honest, I mean, with a show like that, just the practicalities of it, you got a lot of time to fill. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's like, I heard there's a different way of pooping that's better. You're like, well, Wednesday is looking like, <laughs> so you know, once I've talked about all the stuff that works, maybe he's just got some time to fill. You well, know? and it depends on what your, your kind of ph- philosophical background is like your personal philosophy on this stuff, because like. There's there is no one size fits all advice. There's no cure alls. We talk about that on the show. Yes. I could easily say something like humans need sleep. Good. That's true. Like drink water sometimes. Like th- these are these are like widely applicable pieces of advice, but there's not much out there like that in medicine. Um and and I think that so his his sort of and he's talked about this. His philosophy is that you have to keep an open mind about everything. And he words it like, I want to give people a chance to rethink their futures, which I don't know exactly what that means medically. Yeah, me neither. But um, that is his defense. So his his sort of affinity for alternative medicine predates his television career. A lot of people sort of have painted it as like the downfall of a of like a doctor who was practicing perfect evidence-based medicine and then like got ensnared by fame. Mm-hmm. Back in 1995, he started the Cardiac Complementary Care Center, um, which was a complementary and alternative medicine center to go along with his surgical pursuits. Like, the goal was to practice alternative medicine. So he already had this sort of interest, obviously, and right? if you want to cut through the jargon, I'm a layman, so I can say this. Complementary means, like, it works alongside the stuff that actually works. Yes. And alternative medicine— is an alternative to medicine that works. So if those two things help you to clarify what the center is for, that is the explanation. And, well, but I think I think there's also some misleading stuff there too because there there is complementary and alternative medicine as a scientific pursuit. Mm, mm. That is something that people study and research and attempt to like find evidence for various complementary and alternatives. So like not the stuff that we typically do in allopathic or osteopathic medicine. There are people who pursue that. That, That's not what this was because one of the things he got in trouble for was practicing therapeutic touch. Do you know what therapeutic touch is? Oh, listen. Listen, I've been around a while. Oh, no. No, this is getting gross. A thing or two. Okay, so therapeutic touch is more than just the idea that touching someone is therapeutic, which is what you might think. Because, like, when I first read that, that's what I thought, like— well, you know, in the kind of medicine I practice, I find great value in just like performing the typical physical exam. Nothing like weird or different. Just like listening to somebody's heart and lungs, checking their blood pressure. If they nothing, have nothing an weird. ache or a pain somewhere, like checking out a joint or, you know, let me let me look at that on your skin that you're worried about or like your stomach hurts. Let me do an appropriate abdominal exam. Things like that. Um, there is uh, an importance in that sort of relationship that you build as a patient and a healthcare provider. There is, there. Uh, there's nothing magic. There's nothing happening 
other, I mean, there are hormones released when we like hug each other or that kind of thing. There's affection. And I, I don't know, perhaps that could be true when you're listening to somebody's lungs. I, I haven't done that study. <laughs> um, but I do think that there is importance in that. The idea that like, if, if it's okay with you, I'm going to put my hands on you in order to learn more about you, that I can share that information back with you and take better care of you. I do think that there is something very important in human. Um, that is not what this is. This is a form of alternative healing. Um, it was developed, the, what we think of as therapeutic touch really comes out of the 1970s. Now, you will hear Dr. Oz and, and other people who practice it saying that it's based on ancient techniques and they'll reference different ancient medical traditions that they've drawn from, but this as a distinct entity is really coming from the 70s. And certainly it's all of these things are usually referential and stolen from other cultures and whatnot. We talk about that on the show a lot. But Dora Coons, who was president of the Theosophical Society um, previously, was the one who sort of developed this as a distinct uh, field. Mm -hmm. And it's based on this sort of belief that like we all have this energy field around us yeah. Um, wellness is the result of that energy flowing freely and in the pathways it should go. Illness is when it gets blocked yeah. or isn't moving appropriately. Yeah. And therapeutic touch, th there is no actual touching. You just sort of hold your hands close to the skin and manipulate that energy field. Like Reiki. Mm -hmm. Is it like Reiki? You just hold your hands and, like, move energy around. I only know about Reiki from ASMR videos about Reiki. Um, but it's uh, it's in a similar idea of your manipulate. I think, from what I understand, it's a, a manipulation of, like, energy fields. Yes. And there are, again, which is why they can, they can make the claim that it's based on other traditional forms of medicine, you know, from the ancient world or from other cultures is because you'll find this sort of concept of like energy field manipulation and like that we have energy flow. You can find that echoed throughout different medical traditions. The thing is, that's he like saying, but that's like, that's like kind of like saying the Lion King is an ancient movie because it's based on Hamlet. Yes. This, this, the people who practice this, and this is practiced in different places throughout the U.S. and and all over the world, um, are they're basing it on this 1970s sort of model. Mm -hmm. Just to just to sort of give you an idea of like what this exact thing, how ancient it is. Okay. The the ideas it's built upon are ancient. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um so I guess he was doing therapeutic touch at his cardiac complementary care center and the university that he was associated with was kind of like, mm, no, please no, don't. Let's not stop. don't don't do that. Um, so that interest was already there. Um, I want to go through some of the most famous uh, <laughs> the pseudoscientific mm -hmm. theories and ideas that have the been put pseudo forth. Pseudo-pseudoscience. Pseudo <laughs> um, most famously, to get us started, draws us into homeopathy. Oh, man, that's not real. He... Um, he stated that his his own family has practiced homeopathy for a long time. So again, not not indicating that he got that he just wanted to sell stuff. Like it's it's. Can I say something weird? Mm -hmm. it, and this is probably like more of a late late show, but sometimes I like to pontificate for a second so you can get some coffee while we're recording. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's 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 bizarre to me that someone's self is expansive enough to contain draws. I mean that literally, and I don't mean it as a dig or a compliment, really. It's just weird to me that someone could do all the things that he has done in allopathic medicine and then, like, leave so much room. How does that not harden you a little bit? You know what I mean? To, like, learn and, and practice as much as he have has and then, like, still support these things that are I, not evidence. Like, how are you, how do you make room for both of those positions? I guess is, is, is what kind of surprises me. I actually think that there's, and again, I know this is not usually where we talk about this, but I actually think there's sort of a circular thing to this that makes sense to me. The more I have learned in medicine, the more I know I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that what, what I always look for in students and residents is someone who will freely admit they don't know something and ask me questions because that's someone who understands the limitations uh, at every level of training of what you can know. And eventually you get to a point where you realize you can't know everything. There is always stuff out there that you don't know. And keeping that open mind is really essential Mm -hmm. in medicine, especially like with what I do in primary care because I have to kind of know everything. Right. I always or have at least to that's allow what you tell me. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to allow for the possibility that there's something it's the it's the unknown unknown. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know it. Mm-hmm. I always have to allow for that box to exist. A quote from your hero, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> Did Donald Rumsfeld say that? That's the uh, that's the movie. Remember the oh the, the he did Errol say Morris that documentary. Oh no, I well that's not what I'm referencing. We that was in a lecture Fog I had. Of War is that that was I think that was the. Lecture. I was in a I, we had this in a lecture in medical school where they drew the boxes of the known known the known unknown then whatever and then the unknown unknown and how you always have to know you have to be aware of that in medicine that there's an unknown unknown yeah. and if you if you don't keep space for that you're going to miss something or misdiagnose or whatever. Um, those are all really important principles in medicine, and it's how you take the best care of people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I don't, so I get that. I get him him opening his mind to that. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is how when you latch on to some of these fake treatments and cure-alls, then you're returning to this concrete place. Mm-hmm. This is a miracle cure. Yep. If you have said that, you know you're off yeah, the you rails. Know it's not. You know you've lost it. Yeah, and you know and so it's. That is what that is the place where I I, I lose track of draws. Okay, um, for okay me, I for wanted me, to. It's corn mazes, weirdly. Like <laughs> he gets in there, I have no clue. Draws, draws, honey. We're leaving. All right, we're gonna talk about draws. No apple cider, draws. Come out now. Uh, he has a contentious relationship with apples. But before we talk about that, we got to go to the billing department. Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality chef-crafted stuff 
that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And now, a live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephants Theremin's Clifton, Neopets Poorstrips Jepson, Pine Smell Jellybeans Goalie Goals, Skittles Squirrels and the Mole, Celery Chopsticks Pumpernickel, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, Lullabies Tie-Dye The More You Know, all of these things on our wonderful show. All of these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over.
Sydney, you said you wanted to talk for a half hour about Jaws and Apples. We're going to get there. I was about to talk about homeopathy. So I got to start off with homeopathy. So this was, this is, um, and there are many articles written about all of the pseudoscientific claims Jaws has made. And not just in, obviously there are more articles in the last year because there is a renewed interest in that because he's running for office. This has been, I mean, you can look back and there are articles from 2011, 2013, 2016, 2017. I mean, there are articles from before his political career criticizing his pseudoscientific stances. So he said that his family has used homeopathy for a long time. He brought on a homeopathic practitioner, I believe like a doctor of naturopathy, to come on and talk about a homeopathic starter kit. Okay. Um, One of the ways I watched this this clip, and one of the ways he promotes it is he says the great thing about it is that homeopathy uses, quote, less substances than Western medicine. I think less that's a substances? less substances. I think when you just start talking and you don't know what you're going to say, sometimes you come out with a sentence like it uses less substances, <laughs> which in that like in that context would mean that substances are bad. Yeah, just like material. Like, like substances. Substance. So the example he that they that he uses is like, okay, so cough, if you drink a lot of coffee, you might have insomnia. Okay? Okay. Uh, so dilute the coffee, dilute it a bunch, and then that could cure it. Mm-hmm. Drinking really dilute coffee. Okay. If you mean instead of weak coffee, if yeah, you drink sure. super weak coffee, eventually, if you do that long enough and just gets weaker and weaker and weaker, eventually that'll work. Well, and in homeopathy, weaning, in in homeopathy, you're not you wouldn't be drinking dilute coffee. You would be drinking water. That has the essence of coffee in it. Mm-hmm. That has the energy, the vibration oh. of coffee. Like um, how LaCroix just has the essence <laughs> of raspberry. <laughs> Similar. But not like those uh, holiday seltzers that you got that time, which like, no, that was oh, eggnog. God. That was not the essence of eggnog. That oh, was boy. eggnog. That was Capital egg-nog. E, capital N. Yeah. Um, but despite. God, I actually he, got, just got nauseous <laughs> thinking about those Bud Light holiday seltzers again. Now, and that's and and he says there is I mean he basically says despite a lack of evidence a lot of people a lot of people are really into this and that's sort of the selling point for it a lot of people use it and so he puts together a kit um that you should get I guess to start off your homeopathic pursuits um belladonna for fever and that sounds I know what you're thinking like can't belladonna make you super sick Yes, but the thing about homeopathy that they always tout is that it's really safe because at the end of the day, it's really just water because it's been so diluted that there is no active molecule of the thing that it started as in it, essentially. Um, he So the the sort of like emergency pack, and he has like a little box for wipes, and he says you can take each of these, take the wipes out, take each of these little um, test tube-looking preparations of homeopathic remedies and put them in your little box and like keep them, I guess, instead of a first aid kit. Sure. Um, And And then at the first sign of trouble, you pick up that kit, throw it in the trash. (laughs) Call (laughs) 911. Call 911. That's my my workflow. That's how I I like to handle these things. So belladonna for fever, phosphorus for a cough, um, and then some some sort of traditional herbal things like uh, gelsemium for flu, pulsatilla for sinus infection, and nux vomica for indigestion. We've talked about some of these on the show before. Again, it, it, to talk about whether or not these substances actually do anything for these 
various ailments wouldn't matter because they're they're so diluted that they're not it, it, like you're taking a drop of water. Yeah. Um, he says on the show, like he as he's interviewing this practitioner, he says, and you can use this alongside Western medicine. And she's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then a lot of people have been able to stop taking their medicines and use this instead. Mm-hmm. So this is in the show. Like I watched just a clip of this episode and this is in the episode is the is putting forth the idea, again, that it's not complimentary. Yeah. That it is an alternative. And if you're going to tell people to stop taking a medicine and start taking drops of water with the essence of, you know, belladonna in it, you better have some evidence to back up that claim. And he's already told us in the show that he doesn't have evidence. So. Because there is none. So there you go. Um, apples. So there was an episode in which he warned that apple juice contains dangerous levels of arsenic. And what he was talking about is that there, there's a lot of apple juice made from concentrate, and he's blaming it on China. He's saying that we get this apple juice concentrate from China, that they don't have very strict regulations on pesticides. And so the apple juice from concentrate that you're giving your children has arsenic in it. Now, you can imagine that that could cause quite a, quite a panic. He has a large audience, and he's mm-hmm. talking about, and he did some, he, he cited some testing that was done that showed that there was too much arsenic. Mm -hmm. The big controversy is that there are two forms of arsenic, organic and inorganic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have different thresholds for different kinds of arsenic because the inorganic is the dangerous one, for Mm -hmm. sure. The organic is, it does exist in soil and and probably apples and other things grown in soil. Mm -hmm. And the organic is generally accepted as not toxic. There are also different levels for water versus... Um, apple juice and other juices in part because, you know, we drink a lot more water and also because the uh, the organic and inorganic balance is different in different forms. Um, so for all of these reasons, and, and he also only me- measured the total. He didn't break it down to organic and inorganic. So for all yeah. these reasons, it, it like because of this episode, the FDA had to come out and start doing testing to show that apple juice was safe and to re-examine how much arsenic we can have in apple juice and reaffirm this is why it's okay and these are the tests we've done and we did not, you know, the evidence that he found, we could not find evidence. We did independent testing. Um, But it was this whole panic over apple juice, which is also interesting. Now, if you're worried, though, applesauce is listed in his, like, great weight loss tips uh, currently on his website. So great. There's a you can just dip melon in it, he says. Just dip melon in what? <laughs> Applesauce. To lose weight. Okay, great. I mean it sounds good. I should I should preface and we can put this in the in the description. I should preface that um Dr. Oz talks a lot about weight loss, so we are going to mention a few more weight loss things he talks about. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> he warned that cell phones can cause cancer. He was talking about storing them in your bra. That's something I used to do when I would run. I would just stick it you down ran. in my sports bra. Sorry, you ran? This has been a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't run anymore. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, I know people do that. They'll stick it down in their bra. And he was saying, don't do that because it causes cancer. There's no evidence for that. Um, <laughs> Why would it does also make the question like, Jaws, if it's bad up here, it should be bad pretty much. Maybe I should leave. Uh, it should be bad anywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, if a cell phone causes cancer, <laughs> you know, the cell phone's going to cause cancer. I would prefer leg cancer, mm-hmm. Jaws. 
Um, he called raspberry ketones a number one miracle in a bottle to burn your fat and promoted this as a weight loss cure. Um, there's a whole list, by the way, of substances he's promoted as weight loss cures. Um, he uh, very famously green coffee bean extract. Oh, and we've yeah. talked about this on the show before. For that. Yeah, he had to go before a Senate <laughs> committee for that one because he called it the magic weight loss solution, that it was a miracle drug. Um, after he, t- and that's always the, the key. He says, like, I'm not selling this stuff. But when you stand on, on stage on a very popular television show and tell people they should, that green coffee bean extract is a weight loss miracle, you, you know are. hundreds of thousands of bottles of that are going to get sold. Yeah, you definitely are, for sure, 100%. The study that this was based on was later retracted. Good. Um, yeah. and, and studies can be retracted for a lot of reasons that aren't, intentional, by the way, I should say, like there is this, I I mean, that does happen in science where people re-examine and you realize there was a confounder you didn't control for or something. But in this case, it the, the data appeared to have been altered. Oh, okay. Wow. <clears throat> so a little bit more intentional maybe with that. So um, he also promoted uh, HCG. We've talked about that on the show too. Uh, as a weight loss supplement, um, the the problem, other than the fact that we don't have any evidence that it works, is that the diet that's recommended to go along, if you're going to do the HCG injections usually, uh, is a 1,200-a-day calorie diet. Uh, yeah. And um, he did, I will say in the episode, he did make the note that you should talk to a doctor before going on a 1,200-calorie-a-day diet, but that's an incredibly dangerous thing to promote out in the world. Is in, is that sort of extreme calorie restriction that can be very harmful to people for a variety of reasons? Um, and so it's just it's all so one size fits all. It's mm-hmm. all in the way that health that just that we've seen in this podcast is like is not like that's not it's not that way. Like no, it's not that way. It also is not. He's equating because he is a doctor. When he stands on TV and tells you how to lose weight, the implicit message is you need to lose weight. Right. And that's a really dangerous message that he's starting off with. Like he needs, like we have to take a step back. Why are you promoting ways to lose weight? Why are you promoting ways to lose weight quickly as well? Yeah, right. What What, what, is, yeah, what is the, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dangerous uh, ideology behind standing on stage and telling people, this supplement will make you lose weight um, that he's not even, he's not really willing to engage with. Um, he promoted Garcinia Cambogia as well, which doesn't work, but also. I heard he 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 promoted Garmambosia, which is the <laughs> demonic corn from Twin Peaks, which that one, uh, that went too far. Really? Garmambosia? He, he says we, uh, it, the, uh, oh, and this one maybe causes liver toxicity in some people. We're not entirely sure how dangerous it is or isn't, but the point is, this is this is why he often will say like, well, we don't know if it works, but why not try it? You'll see him say that on the show a lot. Why not try it? Why not try it? Why not try it? Why not try it? Draws? Well, it, it hurt my liver, draws. Because it, it might be harmful, because it costs you money, and because you're seeking out an alternative, in some cases, to some sort of actually evidence-based medicine that might that might help you. So like there's lots of why not try it. The yeah. the why not the, the why not try it is a really dangerous question. Um and it's also like he knows better. I don't 
uh, this has been the, as I've been doing this episode, I'm trying to figure out if he's like a true believer or not. I, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Is it, is, because if you're a true believer, the why not try it makes total sense to you. But what, what worries me is we both went to medical school. Mm-hmm. He was in residency and fellowship longer than me because of the kinds of doctors we are. You know the why not try it. I know you know that. I know, and th- this is what's this is what's th- what stymies me. But um, and he also, of course, touted hydroxychloroquine for COVID. Um, he during during the pandemic, he made lots of. I feel remarks. like the pandemic was sort of like his um his his origin story as the draws we know today. I feel like it was the flip or fly moment of like I'm either gonna go hard for like alternative medicines or I'm gonna go hard for like guidelines and helping everybody get through this in a safe way. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't watch all of his programming during that, uh, thing, but it definitely seems like that led us to where we are at today. Like you, you kind of had to rubber meets the road. We're beyond like have more energy. You know what I mean? It's not, uh, it's no longer like get a little spring in your step or have the colon of a 30 year old, whatever. I can't, I can't imagine he planned on going on TV and saying we should reopen schools because it would only be like two to 3% mortality increase. I mean, I wouldn't plan on going on TV to say that. And then, and then like somebody saying, do you mean like two to 3% more kids die or what, what do you mean there, draws? What do you mean there? And I mean, and then later he sort of apologized or tried to explain it or whatever that statement that he did not intend to just write off the deaths of humans of any age. Mm -hmm. Um, He had hoped it would mainly be bullies. And that was what he (laughs) was thinking when he said that number. But of course there are non bullies at schools too. And, and, you know, again, throughout the pandemic, we've talked about it on this show. We did some early episodes on COVID where I had no clue that it was going to become what it became. Mm -hmm. I did not predict what was going to happen, mm-hmm. um, which we have been totally forthcoming about and never told people <laughs> any different. And yeah. and I think I think that's the other thing is like science evolves and you can't make these statements and then just stand on them forever. Um, he also promotes uh, iridology. Um, he had somebody on his show to talk about it's it's another pseudoscientific study where you examine some, someone's iris in their eye, their iris. Oh, wow. Is that like phrenology for eyeballs? Sort of like that, yeah. Okay. You look for colors and patterns, and then you can tell them about their health state. Um, I, I want to do a whole episode on this at some point, but just to give you like a sneak peek. Okay. Uh, when I looked into where did this come from, it looks like it started with uh, a 19th century Hungarian physician who got the idea after he saw, he was looking in the eye of a man who had broken his leg and the, the streaks of color looked similar to the eye of an owl who whose leg he had broken once. What? And he thought like, well, maybe these streaks appear when you break your leg and there's a science here. Excuse me. This may be an apocryphal story, but it was the first story that came up as I was looking into iridology. So that will be our next episode. We'll be iridology. Hold on. How did he break an owl's leg? I don't know, honey. I'm hoping to find out. And this that may not even be true, but we got to find that out. So, I've seen so th- tune in next time. <laughs> I've seen three owls. I can name them for you. Like, I can tell you the exact moment I've seen owls three times. Uh, never in a million years would I have gotten into a situation. I don't know. I'm going to get into this okay, episode. Right, but right. Anyway, so he Sorry. brought on a doctor who does this and then said, like, listen, this is an ancient thing. So who am I to question it? 
which just, we know is a fallacy. A we know it's a fallacy. <laughs> and of course, better. and of course, we've done a whole episode on this before. But he also tweeted about medical astrology, the idea that your zodiac sign can help in some way inform your health status. For instance, I am an Aries, so I have issues with migraines, jaw tension, and ah. sinus problems. Ah. I don't have issues with those things. Okay. But wow. I, I, don't, I actually do not think that has anything to do with my zodiac sign one way or the other. Um, Justin, I tried to look into what you Scorpios have. Yeah. And it said something about, like, reproduction and regeneration. Oh, I, no, I just popped up on here. Cool butt-itis. <laughs> it just says that you have a cool butt that looks great in jeans or shorts. I like astrology stuff. And I will say, whenever you look up Scorpio stuff, genitals come up a lot. Just saying. But, um... Uh, but I don't like it for medical stuff. I like it for talking to my mom about it because she's into it. That's what astrology is for. It's, it's for talking, talking to, to my mom, mom about it. Um, there was a 2014 study published in the British Medical Journal you may have heard of. It looked at the Dr. Oz show and the show The Doctors for uh, do they have evidence to back up their claims. And what they found was that um, evidence supported about 46% of the things that are said on those shows. Um, evidence completely contradicts 15%, and there is no evidence found for 39%. So less than now that's 50 Draws and the doctors, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, just to be clear. So maybe he was the 50%. No. Less, so less than half of the time, Draws has evidence for the stuff he's saying. And I think that, like, and, and you know, he would probably defend that by saying, well, I say that on the show. <laughs> I say that I, I don't have evidence. I said I said that. I said that I don't have it's evidence. But the thing is, it's the Dr. Oz show. Mm -hmm. He is a doctor. He's a medical doctor who went to Harvard. And everybody knows that. And he mm -hmm. also was on, he was, I remember the show where they watched him, like he did heart surgeries and they followed him around in his scrubs and looking very cool and doing his surgeries. So like we know he's a legit doctor. And so when he stands up there and talks about something I mean, we take that seriously. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I mean, it, I we're know. programmed to take that seriously. Right. And a lot of people think this is America's doctor and he's giving me advice. And it sounds so easy sometimes. That's the other allure of it. Like mm -hmm. it all, it would be so easy if this stuff was true. I always think it's interesting, this idea that doctors hide this stuff from you because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. I'd give anything if medicine was as simple as Draws makes it sound sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, because then a lot more people would be healthy and happy and, I don't know, maybe we'd live forever. And that all sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's it's often a lot more complex and nuanced mm -hmm. and also individual. It also is is personal to each. Yes, we have guidelines and studies and evidence that tell us generally what works and what directions we should go. But when you sit down to make a treatment plan— it's just you and the patient making that plan because it's what works best for their life. And you can't you can't make those calls on television other than like humans need sleep. I would say that that's a fair one. And having the rectum of a 30-year-old. Uh, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to our podcast. He does, he does do an episode on vaginal age. Yeah, yeah, we saw a clip from that. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our show, which is called Sawbones. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you 
for listening. We sure appreciate it. We hope you have a great week. That's going to do it for us. Uh, until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.